Specie Domine, in testamentum tuum, et animas pauperum tuorum, ne derivinquas in finem. Have regard, O Lord, to thy covenant, and forsake not to the end the souls of thy poor. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. There are a number of marvelous things going on in the Mass formulary that we are given today. I should like to point out only a few of them. The first has to do with the recurrence of the word covenant. Did you notice it? The word covenant occurs at the very beginning of the introit. Have regard, O Lord, look to, take into account, O Lord, thy covenant. And this phrase links up the introit of the Mass with the communion antiphon, which has a Eucharistic import because at the communion we shall sing Thou hast given us, O Lord, bread from heaven bread given to the children of the covenant bread from heaven having in it all that is delightful and the sweetness of every taste. And so we have the covenant at the beginning of the Mass and the intro it, and again the bread from heaven given to the children of the covenant in the communion antiphon, and again St. Paul speaks to us of the covenant in the epistle, saying, now this I say, that the covenant which was confirmed by God, the law which was made after 430 years, doth not disannul to make the promise of no effect. St. Paul will go on to show how the covenant in the blood of Christ perfects, completes the covenant made in the beginning. The covenants even made in the beginning. And then what did we sing in the gradual of the Mass? Again, we sang about the covenant. Respice Domine in testamentum tuum. Have regard, O Lord, to thy covenant and forsake not to the end the souls of thy poor. We repeated in the gradual exactly the words by which we opened this holy sacrifice. So clearly, Mother Church wants us to incline the ear of our hearts to this repetition of the word covenant. Now, the clarification 
which means the bringing into light of the word covenant, will occur in the great silence of the canon of the Mass. When I, the priest, bending over the chalice containing wine mixed with a drop of water, will say, Take and drink ye all of this, for this is the chalice of my blood of the new and eternal covenant. There you have it. All of the references to covenant in this Mass are in effect references to the blood of the Lamb. And it is in the blood of the Lamb and by the blood of the Lamb that we make all our pleading. This Mass is full of pleading. Look again, if you will, at the intro. Arise, O Lord, and judge thy cause. This is a plea out of the depths. And forget not the voices of them that seek thee. This, of course, could be the inner prayer of the ten lepers. I often hear in the intro of the Mass the prayer of the protagonists in the Gospel. It's an extraordinary thing, that. The Gospel is given us, but already in the intro, we are given the substance of the prayer of the persons who figure in the Gospel. And so I hear, I hear the lepers saying, O God, why hast thou cast us off? Lepers were precisely those cast off, kept at a distance. O God, why hast thou cast us off unto the end? Why is thy wrath enkindled against the sheep? the sheep of thy pasture. Are we not sheep of thy pasture? There's great uh, intensity in this prayer, isn't there? When one puts it on the lips of the lepers. And similarly, uh, we have the lepers singing Arise, O Lord, and judge thy cause, and remember the reproach of thy servants, because the lepers had to live with a terrible reproach. And then we have in the offertory, it seems to me at least, the prayer of the one leper who returned a fully liturgical man. The, the healing or the cleansing of the leper was in view of restoring him to his complete liturgical dignity, that is, to the divine plan, the divine plan from the beginning, that man should be uh, the uh, homo liturgicus, uh, the, the liturgical man, the, the priest of God's creation. And we see this leper not only cleansed, 
but restored to his liturgical dignity. How do we know that? When he saw that he was made clean, and isn't this just what baptism does? So one has to, when you see that little phrase, made clean, a light should go on, a little bell should ring, bing, saying, ah, yes, made clean. There's baptism here, isn't there? And when he saw that he was made clean, went back with a loud voice, with a loud voice. Now, this is very interesting because at the beginning of the gospel, the ten lepers have a loud voice. They're almost a chorus of misery. Because at the beginning of the gospel, we read, uh, uh, Jesus met ten men that were lepers who stood afar off, they're at a distance, and lifted up their voice, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And now we see this cleansed leper coming back coming close to Jesus, no longer does he need to lift his voice in order to make himself heard. But now he lifts his voice in glorification of God. He went back with a loud voice, Gratias agens. That's a Eucharistic phrase. So we've had baptism in this gospel, in the cleansing, And now, gratias agents, because what am I going to sing in the preface of the dialogue? Gratias agamus domino Deo nostro, let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. This man is already there. You see, he has been, by grace, eucharistified. Because he goes back, gratias agens, giving thanks. And he fell on his face before the feet of Jesus. This is one of the great prototypical liturgical gestures to fall on one's face before God. He fell on his face giving thanks. And Jesus takes note of all of these gestures and he says there is no one found to return and do what? And give glory to God and enter into uh, God's plan for man, which is that man should stand before him liturgically and give glory to God. But this stranger, Jesus is saying, is this man the only man who understands the meaning of life? That man is created for the glory of God. Man has a Eucharistic and doxological finality. That's what's going on. And then I think in the offertory, we have the interior prayer 
of the cleansed leper who goes back. And what will he say in the offertory? It's very beautiful. And this offertory is a prayer for each one of us, for every season and hour of life, but particularly for hours of struggle or crisis or decision. What does the leper sing in the offertory antiphon? He sings, Oh, in te speravi domine, in thee, O Lord, have I hoped. Indeed, he did. In thee, O Lord, have I hoped. I said, he's telling us now what he said to Jesus, I said, thou art my God. Tu es Deus meus. We're brought into the intimate dialogue that takes place between this cleansed leper restored to his dignity and Jesus. It is reminiscent of other similar dialogues in the Gospels. I think notably of uh, the poor Gerasene demoniac. Something similar went on with him. But the offertory antiphon goes on, In thee, O Lord, have I hoped, I said thou art my God. And then this wonderful last phrase of the offertory antiphon, a phrase difficult to translate. It's better to, to learn it in the Latin and grasp the meaning of the Latin. In manibus tuis tempora mea. In thy hands, hmm, well, the literal translation is, my times are in thy hands. But what it really means is, every moment and every circumstance of my life is in thy hands. It's, it's a marvelous confession of divine providence. It's the perfect act of abandonment to divine providence. That last phrase of the offertory. In mani ustuis tempora mea. Much more could be said, but <clears throat> I just want to make another link, always connecting dots as we do in the liturgy until the picture emerges clearly. Uh, because there's another figure of Christ uh, this Sunday in the liturgy, and it is the figure of Job who makes his appearance today at Matins. And the interesting link between Job, a figure of the suffering Christ, and the ten lepers is found in Isaiah 53. That's kind of the linking text in which the prophet contemplates the suffering Christ as one made like unto a leper. Now Job was struck down with leprosy. We have the ten lepers of the gospel and we have this mysterious word in Isaiah 53 despised 
and the most abject of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with infirmity. This is also your leper in the gospel. It's also Job that matters. And his look was, as it were, hidden and despised, whereupon we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our infirmities and carried our sorrows, and we have thought of him, as it were, a leper. And as one struck by God and afflicted. There we come uh, once more to the mystic core of the holy sacrifice, the blood of the covenant. And so you see how all of this comes together today. We go forward then into the actualization of the covenant at the altar. And by virtue of the actualization of the covenant, the new and eternal covenant, we are rendered capable of taking our place as liturgical beings in the presence of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.